Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. It's always great to be with you. We're in our, I think, 18th year of being on the air, and we have a wonderful show for you with very inspirational guests, as we always bring you. And today we're talking about how do you develop your skills so that you can succeed. And we're talking about your soft skills. My guest is Ann Corley Baum, and her book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. Develop your soft skills to help you succeed. All right, and I want to tell you about Ann. Ann Corley Baum is the Lehigh Valley Executive and Vice President, Distribution Channels and Labor Relations for Capital Blue Cross. Prior to joining Capital Blue Cross, she taught leadership to high potentials on their way to the C-suite through the executive coaching program and seminars of her company, Vision Accomplished. Anne has received numerous awards for her leadership, including the Athena International Award and the Pennsylvania Best 50 Women in Business. Anne was certified by the Protocol School of Washington as a protocol and etiquette consultant and holds a BA in biology from the University of Illinois and a master's degree in health systems management from Rush University. She is from Pennsylvania, and we're excited about talking about this new book, Big Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Great to have you on. You know, it's interesting because your book is very little. I mean, little enough that we could put it in our hand in our handbag, right? And it's and it's in color, and it has pictures, and it's fun to read and easy to read. Well, thank you. Small thank but you. packs a big message. Okay, so what inspired you to write small mistakes and big consequences to develop your soft skills to help you succeed? Well, the idea behind it was to share information either that I've personally experienced or that I've observed in others that were behaviors that really either got in my way or somebody else's, but they weren't the type of things that somebody would ever tell you. So they were things that left maybe a negative impression, but they weren't things that people would clearly correct. So I decided to get that out there. I feel that the more uh, experience I have in life, the more I need to share that with others to help them maybe avoid some of those mistakes in their pursuit of success. And we wanted to make it short and sweet and easy to read so that people could get the information right away, use it right away, and have it be a valuable tool. Yeah, absolutely, which is great. We're so bombarded with information. If we can get something quickly and it's easy to understand, the better. What's the definition of soft skills? Well, soft skills are the behaviors that we all exhibit on a regular basis that make an impression on the person with whom we're communicating. So whether we like it or not, People are judging us from the instant that they come in contact. We all do it. We all are forming opinions and making assumptions based on the behavior of somebody else. When you pay attention to those soft skills, those, your body language, your facial expressions, the tone of your voice, and you craft those to reflect 
the person you really are, you've got a far better chance of people seeing the real you versus what they're assuming based on the perceptions that they are making. Mm-hmm. Tell us one. What might be one that's very, very subtle? Could it be eye movement or could it be facial expression? Might that be one? Well, yes. So when we're perceiving other people, the first thing that's making a big impression on us is body language. The way somebody is carrying themselves. Are they um, carrying themselves in a very dominating way or a very shy and reserved way? And then after we're making assumptions about that, it's facial expressions and tone of voice. And only after we've made significant judgments about the other person do we actually listen to the words that person is communicating to us. And unfortunately, we as a society, we practice the words, we make sure our numbers are right, we make sure everything is well organized from the data and the presentation, and we forget about all the things that are leading people to make assumptions about us right from the start. So focusing on body language, facial expression, and tone of voice make a huge difference in how well people are perceiving what it is that we are trying to communicate. Yeah. You know, one of the ones that I have found, and I'm, and I'm sincere about this, but it's very effective. In fact, I've just said this to a couple of potential clients when I'm talking to them, and I explain what I'm doing, and then I will say, listen, this has got to be right for you. If what I'm offering doesn't meet your needs, then it's not right. And people are so appreciative of that. And they will say that to me. I will get cheap, Patricia, you know. Isn't that great that you feel that way? And I do. Because if I'm going to offer them something they're not going to use, it's not going to help me or them. So is that, I, it, it's subtle, but it's, it has to be sincere, of course. But how do you feel about that? Do you think that's one of the soft skills Yes, I think it's really important to make sure that people are receiving the message that you're communicating and making sure that it's matching up with the needs that they have. So by verifying that your communication was effective, that can make all the difference in whether or not you're actually making progress with that person, not only from what you're delivering to them, but also what it is that they are looking for. So I think it's really important to verify regularly what it is that you think you're communicating and how the other person is receiving that message. How would you say that your background influenced writing this book? I know you've dealt with many leaders in the C-suite, so you've certainly worked with many personalities, but what... um, you know, what, what background do you think really helped you here? Well, a, a lot of the roles that I have are people-oriented roles. And I think the more you interact with people, you know what works, and you learn what works, and you learn what doesn't work. And I think the more you spend time trying to sell an idea or, or a concept, or even move a team forward, the more you learn how effective your communication style is and also what doesn't work coming at you. And I think I often learn more from really poor examples. I I often say, oh, I don't want to be that person. So I will learn from a 
poor example yes. and then yes. build from that so I don't repeat that. Yes, yeah, I think that's so true. And unfortunately, we're seeing, you know, today a lot of negative communication. And, you know, I think as you said, that is an example of saying, well, I don't want to do that because, you know, that's not going to work effectively. And so I think that, again, although it's a poor model, it can show us what doesn't work. So, right, right. And I think, unfortunately, bad examples are just that bad examples but bad examples can teach us so much about how to move in a right and positive direction as opposed to repeat the same thing over and over yeah and I I will share this without talking about it you know just in broad strokes here but I think that this is an example of what you're saying when I watch news programs many times they will say like when we looked at the debates they'll say you know the candidates spend too much time blaming each other instead of looking at what the issues are that are going to help the country. And I think that's a very good point. You know, when we are, you know, bashing the other person, it's not helping what we're trying to do here, which is to help move our country in the right direction or to help the company move in the right direction or whatever it is. Right. And one of the first rules of successful conflict is to focus on the issue, not the person. Right. And, it's interesting. Your point is a really great one. The The debates aren't focusing on issues and plans. They're focusing on tearing down the other person. It's actually yeah. probably the ultimate poor example of how to have successful and productive conflict. Because if you're not talking about the issue, you're never moving forward. Yeah, I think that's so true. And also, you know, learning how to deflect those comments so that you can get to the issue because I think that's the other thing things will come up you know in a company or in discussion that are meant to throw you off and it's how do you you know how can you be gracious and then get back to the issue and it's one of the greatest skills that to have as a solid communicator that if somebody is going down that negative road where they're focusing on negative comments about another person, where they're gossiping on them, if you can always redirect back to the business at hand, it helps you be a much more effective leader and a more effective communicator. People, Some people just naturally go to that gossipy or negative connotation about people. But if you have the constant ability to bring it back around to the problem you're trying to solve or the idea you're trying to sell, or the issue you're trying to address, if you can do that, that makes you a much stronger and more effective leader. That is so true. And, and on that note, actually, we're going to talk about it right after the break. But on that note, what I want to talk with you about is what are the most important characteristics of a leader. And you have six characteristics. So let's talk about that as soon as you get back. And why we'll talk about also ways to use empowerment. So my guest today is Anne Corley Baum. And she's written this wonderful book called Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. Develop your soft skills to help you succeed. She is an experienced senior executive with a witty sense of business savvy. And there are 16 personality types you need to know. We'll talk about those as well. And the book is, um, is small. It's, you can put it in your, in your pocketbook, your purse, or your briefcase. It has pictures, and, and um, it's in color. And it's, it's delightful to look at, and it's powerful to read. 
So again, uh, we'll be back with Ann Corley Baum right after the break, and we'll talk about what are the six most important characteristics of a leader. Okay, stay tuned. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice, and we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Your pets play a major role in your life. After all, they're as much a member of the family as anybody else. Now there's a show that will show you how to keep them healthy and living their life to the fullest. Healthy Tales with Dr. Mondrian Contreras. We'll talk about veterinary health, and help you understand the wellness and treatment plans that you need to know about your best friend. Listen every Wednesday to Healthy Tales at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Radio Show. And also on the internet and also on iTunes and Stitcher and many other venues. So my guest today is Anne Corleybaum, and she is a well-known Lehigh Valley executive and vice president of distribution channels and labor relations for Capital Blue Cross. She has run leadership training programs through her own company, Vision Accomplished, that focuses on leadership development. Her new book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. Develop your soft skills to help you succeed. Welcome back, Anne. All right. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about what are the six most important characteristics of a leader? Well, let's first start with the job of a leader. At the end of the day, there are a million things that a leader must do to be successful, but they're ultimately responsible for getting results. And the best way to approach getting results 
is that you are operating with integrity and that you're always focused on integrity as this most, yes. most important characteristic. I totally you're agree focusing, Yeah, and if you get those results through integrity, it, it builds trust, it builds communication, and it's really two very simple rules that if you can remember them regularly, it keeps you on that road to success in a positive manner. Now, in order to be successful in getting the results using integrity, you have to be, a, you have to focus on communicating with your team members in an open, honest fashion. And that means that you're generally listening to your team members more than you're telling them or dictating to them what to do. Because when you have a good team, those team members, they already know for the most part, where they need to go, and they need your backing, your support, training, resources, so that they can accomplish those results that together you're trying to accomplish, which leads to the other most important characteristic, which is empowering your team. If you aren't empowering your team and giving them what they need to succeed, you'll end up being a great solo practitioner. And you'll be stuck carrying the load, making all the decisions. Everybody will constantly be coming back to you to lead as opposed to taking the power that you give to them and leading the team or the company forward. And it's an easy thought to get into because when people come to you asking for advice and decision, most people want to give the answer. And solve the problem for other people. That's, it makes you feel good. Oh, I solved their problem. I'm, I'm helpful. I'm a great leader. But when you do that for them, you take away their power and also right. their ability to learn. It's important that they be able to learn and grow and take the organization, the team forward because you've empowered them and given mm-hmm. them those resources and the trust to succeed. And when something goes wrong, you have to be able to learn from it as a group. You can't immediately pull the rug out from under people when there's a mistake. A mistake is how we learn. Without mistakes, we don't get stronger. We don't build a stronger team. And if we let people learn, we let them fail, and then build upon that, everybody is better for having learned. A friend of mine always says, fail faster, because that means you're learning faster. And I really agree with that as a a tool for making your team stronger. It's hard to do, certainly not easy, but a really, really important component of building a solid team. Well, and I think, you know, and I would like to ask your opinion about this, because it's true, we have to learn from failures, but sometimes people get very stuck in their failures and they, they're afraid to try again, you know, and so that's yeah. something that, um, you know, and, and, and it damages them or it, it discourages them instead of saying, okay, this happened, some of this was in my control and some of it wasn't, and how can I get back up again? So um, that's not always so easy. Oh, I I agree with you. It's not easy at all. And I think it's something where, from a societal perspective, we need to embrace 
the failure of others and help them move forward and not constantly bring up the failure. And you mentioned politics and the debates and everything right now. Obviously, one of the things that keeps coming up is, oh, well, you did this 20 years ago. You did this 30 years ago. I know. And it's all 20 and 30 years ago. That's what's the interesting part. Right. And that doesn't set a great example for the young people in our country. We're saying to them, gosh, you make a mistake now, that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. And I think we need to be better Mm -hmm. about forgiveness and learning from mistakes so that it can be a productive component of our society as opposed to this lifelong sentence or penalty that somebody has to deal with. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And I think, um, yeah, it's an issue because, as you said, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. So I think that's really important. You know, one of the things, do we have, do you have some other ones that you want to share? Because I, I definitely want to hear about the personality types. I think they're so much fun. Um, so any anything else on the characteristics of a leader? I think we, we covered all of the pieces of okay. that. All right. So there are 16 personality types that you need to know to succeed. And so I'm, I'd like to, you to talk about each one because I'm anxious to, to figure out which one is me. I'm sure we all, right, we all have a few, right? We don't just have one. Yes. All right. Well, the so whole let's, point of this. Okay, yes. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. The whole point is. I was going to say the whole, the whole point of this is not to label. Everybody does these things at one time or another. It's about raising awareness, not only about yourself, so that you can be more mindful as an individual about when you might be exhibiting these behaviors and how they impact others, but also to use it as a tool to coach your team and provide you with tools so that when you come upon somebody who's exhibiting this characteristic, that you can not judge them for it, but figure out how to manage through it so that you ultimately get to a productive conversation or interaction with that individual, regardless of whether or not they have. So what you're saying, these are sort of 16 little flaws that we may have that all of us have once in a while. Is that kind of what you mean? Yes. Yes. I think there are things that pop up from time to time and awareness helps better deal with them. Right. All right. So the first one is the transmitter. Explain that one. The transmitter is the person who is constantly talking. They are, I I called it the transmitter because they're always on transmit and they aren't on receive. They don't listen. They, They only want to talk at you and get their opinion in and they want to say what they're going to say regardless of what you want to hear or what you have to say. And the transmitter, obviously, when you're dealing with somebody who only talks, doesn't show you any respect and doesn't listen to what you have to say. And the solution to the transmitter is to be a great listener. And be that person who really pays attention to what somebody else is saying and learns from that other person and then enters into 
a good dialogue, back and forth conversation, as opposed to just simply saying everything they want to say, regardless of what you want to hear. Okay. All right. Let's see. I think we have time for the second one, and then we'll go into the next one, the solver. So we're going to take a break soon. Okay. The solver, we we spoke a little bit about the solver earlier when we were talking about empowerment. The solver is the person where you come to them for advice and you're looking for support or coaching and they immediately pick up the phone and say, oh, I'll call, I'll call the CEO and get this fixed for you or I'll take right. this, this issue and get the solution. And the problem with that is, one, if you are the solver, you end up taking on everybody else's issues and duties, and it becomes overwhelming when you're constantly the person solving the problem. The other downside of it is you're not empowering your team members. You're not teaching them how to do things themselves. You're not teaching them how to be independent. And you're not reinforcing that they actually have skills and knowledge that can help them succeed. And the solver exists. I I think parents are the ultimate solvers. These aren't just uh, this isn't just a characteristic that applies to the workplace. If you're constantly solving your children's problems and not giving them the skill set to succeed on their own and empowering them to learn, you'll be solving their problems until they're 50 years old. Right. Could be forever. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, the third one is the front of the shirt presser. Okay, I think we have two minutes. So go ahead and tell us about that, the front of the shirt presser. Well, it's this is the person who isn't paying attention to how their, their, their personal upkeep. So they only iron the front of the shirt because that's what shows for their jacket, their hair's ruffled, mm-hmm. they're, they're just messy. And unfortunately, when people see a rumpled or, or not well put together person, they're making assumptions that may not reflect who that person is. So taking that time to just make sure you're well put together, that you're looking the part you'd like to see, you'd like others to see you play, that makes a huge difference in how people perceive you and ultimately has an impact on your success in whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. All right. And we're going to take a break on that note. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of these other 16 personality types that you know, each of us kind of fall into at one time or another, and they're fun. The wandering eye, the table groomer, the spin doctor, the empty promiser. We'll talk all about those with my guest, Anne Corley Baum, and she's the author of Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, Develop Your Soft Skills to Help You Succeed. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Join five-time world and international boxing champion, mental health advocate, writer, and speaker, Mia St. John, for In the Ring with Mia. After losing her ex-husband and son to mental illness, Mia has set out to empower those who deal with mental illness, homelessness, poverty, and addiction. 
Tune in and join Mia in the ring. And together, you'll find the help and motivation that you need. Listen live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back you're listening to the positive living show with Patricia Raskin. We're right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice, and we have with us for the whole hour Ann Corley Baum, who is a well-known Lehigh Valley executive and vice president of distribution channels and labor relations for Capital Blue Cross. She's run leadership training programs through her own company, Vision Accomplished, that focuses on leadership development. Her new book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, Develop Your Soft Skills to Help You Succeed. And welcome back, Anne. Thank you, Patricia. And now you have a new book coming out, and it's coming out soon. So tell us about that, or by the time this airs, it may already be out. Yes, coming out July 1, it's Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews. And this takes the same ideas from the first book, which is about exhibiting behaviors that can get in our way, and really focuses on the job interview. So providing people with some really helpful hints on how they can successfully land that dream job that they are seeking. Oh, that's great. Right. So it's very specific tools. All right. You want to give yes. us one sneak preview and then we'll go back to, the, to your other book. But you want to give us like one sneak preview in that. Is that book similar to this one? Small with pictures? It is. Yes, it is, it is short and sweet to the point and this. The one for interviews also includes tips for the interviewer so that they don't accidentally rule out a great candidate because they're exhibiting one of these behaviors that is correctable. And the idea behind it is to really help the interviewer see the person for who they really are and the interviewee present the best version of themselves 
to that interviewer so you have the best chance of getting that great match. Which is, which is great. And um, again, it depends. Do you want to give us um, one quick tip there? Certainly, sure. So one of my favorite ones for interviews is the late arriver. And when you're the late arriver and you run in and you're all disheveled and you haven't explained why it is that you're late, the message that you're sending to the interviewer is that they're not important to you, that you didn't take the time to figure out where you were going, how to park, where the office was. And if you don't acknowledge, it happens that something comes up and you're late due to unforeseen circumstances. But if you don't let somebody know that and just assume that they'll understand, you're really setting yourself up in a very negative light for the rest of the interview. And I like to advise people to prepare, plan it out, see how long it takes to get there, do a practice run, know where you're going, how to get into the building, with whom it is you are going to meet so that you don't have to worry about that and can really focus on delivering your very best self the minute you walk in the door. Because those but that, but that's funny. a good tip, not just for interviews, for anything that you're doing, right? I mean, that would be one of these 16, what would that fit into in one of these 16 personality types, Anne? I was looking to see what that would fit into. Well, gosh, Maybe I the empty promiser. About, yes, the empty promiser is very much about somebody who says they're going to do something, but then doesn't deliver on that. Right. Which this is, is which somebody this sort who, of, yeah, this kind of falls into that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, do, I would like to just comment on that. Just inter- I do a lot of uh, corporate training. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's an hour to an hour and a half away, and it's a new place. And I have learned I leave two hours early. I don't know what the traffic is. I don't know on the highways what's going to be. And I found that has helped me so much. And even sometimes when I've left early, you know, there's, there's been an accident. That you can't help. But it makes such a difference in my energy and in being calm and feeling professional than when, you know, when I'm worried that I'm going to be late. really makes a difference. Oh, yes. It's an awful feeling when you're, even if you make it at the last minute, you're still frazzled because you've been in traffic and you're worried you won't arrive. And so you're not in your best frame of mind as you're entering into that meeting. You arrive early with plenty of time. You can relax. You can play your pump-up playlist. You can be all ready, have a a cup of coffee, a bottle of water. It presents a a so much better version of yourself when you're relaxed and calm and not frazzled from being late or running into traffic. Yeah, it really does make a difference. All right, let's talk about a couple more of these because then I do want to talk about difficult conversations. Just pick um, maybe a couple more of your 16 personality types that you think are, um, you know what I'm looking at here, the wimpy or tough handshake. That makes a difference. Talk about that. Your handshake in American culture is really your primary physical contact that you have with another person. And if you don't practice it, it really can inadvertently send a negative message about you. When somebody gives you a really hard bone crusher handshake, 
you make assumptions about that person and think, oh, they're aggressive or they're angry. And they may not be. They, they may just not have ever practiced their handshake. And the same with that wimpy kind of dead fish handshake. You assume yeah. that they're yeah. a weak person or that they don't have something to offer. Again, not a fair assumption, yet True. it naturally happens. So learning how to handshake, making good eye contact, have a a handshake that is firm and quick, but not too much because each person is shaking their hands differently with you. So you need to be able to adjust it as you go. If if you're giving me a light handshake, I better not squeeze your hand so hard that it makes you wince because now I'm sending the bone crusher handshake to use simply because you have a light handshake. So paying attention to it really makes a difference in how people perceive you right from the beginning of the conversation. And it's important to take time to learn how to do it well. Yeah. And that also would apply in a job interview, you know, in the other book you have, that, that handshake. Yeah, that would apply there too. Yeah, and that, that we do notice it. We may not think we do, but we do notice it. And there was one more I did want to talk about because it really hit me, and that was the name dropper. So does that mean, um, you know, talking about uh, your own successes too much or bragging? What does that mean? The name dropper in in this example is more somebody who is constantly dropping the names of other people that they think are important and saying, oh, I know, you know, Bill and I go way back and he's your CEO, we're best buds. And the problem with dropping names all of the time is it completely takes away from you as an individual. And it makes you seem shallow that all you care about is other people and what it is that you think they bring to the table. And the other thing is, if you're dropping names of somebody that the other person is not impressed by, maybe they have a poor impression of that person, now you've associated your reputation with what may be a poor reputation of someone else. And automatically, that person that you're communicating with is now putting those negative aspects of the other person onto you. So be yourself. Sell yourself on who you are, what you have to offer, what your company has to offer, what your opinions are, and don't rely on the reputation of others to give you your reputation. Build your own reputation. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And then let's do one more. Um, Let's see. There's so many here. Um, Maybe you can do these together. The wandering eye and the spin doctor. All right. Well, the wandering eye is interesting. When When you're meeting somebody in any context, you really need to look them in the eye. And so often, and this is both women and men, they think they can take a quick little glance. So whether it's looking at somebody's outfit that you don't really like or whether it's looking somebody up and down thinking, wow, they're looking hot. If you think you can get away with that, you're wrong. You just can't do it. And it changes the whole tone of the conversation and the relationship when you start looking somebody up and down. It It's more social. It's more flirtatious. And it just 
doesn't build a good, solid business interaction. And especially in our days now of the Me Too movement, it's really important to keep things professional. We cannot let things go to that that level of more social or, or flirtatious or sexual in nature. It just ruins the whole professional environment. So it's really important to look people in the eye. That sets the tone for the entire interaction. If you're keeping it professional, looking them in the eye, you'll be safe. So, and then so the other important. one you asked me to talk about was, which one? Uh, let's see. We talked about, um, did I say the spin doctor? I think I might yes, have said you did, that the spin doctor. So the spin doctor is somebody who always has an explanation. They're always trying to come up with excuses and reasons why things didn't happen, as, as opposed to owning their mistakes and saying, yes, I did that, and we'll move forward. They are constantly trying to spin things in a light that makes them look good. And in the, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't build trust. People lose their confidence in that individual, and they stop believing them because they figure there's always some little twist that isn't completely believable or completely true. And the more you can be honest and own what you've done and then move forward, the more successful you will be. That's wonderful. So these are such good comments. All right. Well, when we come back after the break, and I want to hear this, how to have difficult conversations, five easy ways to do this. Not an easy thing, but Ann Corley Baum is going to talk about it. And she is the author of the book, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences. She has a new book that has, uh, is coming out very soon, if it's not already out. And it's on interviewing. And uh, Anne is a corporate executive. She is the Lehigh Valley Executive and Vice President, Distribution Channels and Labor Relations for Blue Cross Capital. And she also has company vision accomplished and has received many rewards and awards for her work. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are working on your path to enlightenment, may we suggest another guide point to help you get there? It's Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Roz Kincaid. Roz and her guests are making this show a safe place to find balance, healing, and transformation. You'll learn how to manifest the best version of your life. 
Make sure you join Roz every week for Soul Healing Conversations, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. I'm talking with Ann Corley Baum, who is a well-known Lehigh Valley executive, and she's vice president of distribution channels and labor relations for Capital Blue Cross. She has run leadership training programs through her own company, Vision Accomplished, that focuses on leadership development. She's author of Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, develop your soft skills to help you succeed. And she has a new book that is recently out and coming out very soon. And we'll talk about that. And welcome back, Anne. Thank you. All right. Tell us the new book again. The new book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews. And this is focused on behaviors that can help you achieve your dream job. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Now, talk about how do we have difficult conversations. There are five easy ways to do it. I want to hear this one. (laughs) All right. Well, the first thing about a difficult conversation is you need to have it. And I think in general, as human beings, the last thing that we want to do is to have that difficult conversation with another person whether it's related to their performance in the workplace, whether it's a family member, a friend, we avoid it like the place. So the first thing is to have the conversation. The second thing about it is to do it in person. Very often people will use email or text messaging to tell someone what they really think about them or to discipline them. And it's just highly ineffective. It's not a way to get that. It's not a conversation for one thing. And it's, in my opinion, it's, it lacks courage. How many difficult conversations take courage and it takes a willingness to listen to what the other person is saying, as well as share with them what your concerns are. And I found that once I have that conversation and I'm willing to listen to the other person as well as just share with them what my issue is, but also hear where they're coming from, that it's always less horrible than I imagined it was going to be. (laughs) And we, 
every single time solve the problem. Because almost always there's some misunderstanding that exists underneath, whether it's the behavior or the performance of the person that has led to the annoying behavior that causes you to have that conversation. The sooner you air these issues and do it in a productive and uh, responsive manner, the sooner you can solve the problem. The longer you let somebody go exhibiting that particular behavior, if they don't know it's an issue, they will continue to exhibit that behavior. If somebody never writes the paper the way you'd like it written, but you don't tell them the way you'd like it written, they have no way of knowing, no way of learning that what they're doing is incorrect. So having, first of all, scheduling the conversation, doing it in person, being being unemotional about it, and making it about the issue, not about the person, and then listening to what they have to say, sharing what you have to say, working toward a mutually beneficial solution. And basically, Patricia, team it up right at the beginning that this is a difficult conversation for me to be having with you. I'd like you to listen to what I have to say, and then I will listen to what you have to say, and we'll come up with a solution together. That makes you the know, other person less nervous. Yeah, I, I have to share this with Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I want to share this with you because I want to get your opinion. I was, I um, watch the news a lot, and I, I last night I was, and I watch for behavior because my work is as an interviewer, so I'm, I'm watching a lot of style. And so Chris Como yeah. was on last night, and he had two women on, and they started fighting, and w- they started screaming. And one said, how dare you say that? And the other one, and I watched him. I watched his face. He was very stoic. And then he just said, look, ladies. He said, look. He said, you know, if you think that this is going to get us anywhere, it's not. And wait till the, you know, wait till the election, it's going to get worse. So we've got to start working together as a team. And whatever he said. He said it quickly, and they both got very quiet, and then he thanked them both, and it was over. But he, he mm-hmm. jumped in, and he just said, look, this is not solving anything. And, and then he brought up the fact that this is the kind of behavior we may see later on, and it's not helpful. So it was, it was effective. I, yes, and I think it, when somebody is coming at you or you perceive that they're coming at you, the natural response is to become defensive. And then physiologically, your adrenaline is pumping. Your anger is starting to boil. You're, you're trying to defend yourself and your position. And whenever you can deactivate that with somebody, and sometimes that means you both actually step out of the room or step right. back and say, you know what, right. now is not the time for this. Let's, right. let's come back when we're not as emotional about it. Let's think through it so that we can come up with something positive as opposed to letting it escalate. Because as you described in that interview, it sounded like it was on the way to pretty significant escalation. And that doesn't solve And you couldn't hear anything. That was the other thing, Anne. They were screaming. You couldn't hear what they each were saying. And, and I was just watching him. I mean, he let it go on for maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds, which is, you know, and then the minute he jumped in 
it stopped. And I thought it was it was very good, but it's a tough one. <laughs> yes, I mean difficult conversations are called difficult conversations because they are. Yeah. And yeah. nobody likes it, but the more you can do them and have them maintain civility and a goal of productive discourse. And you, by the way, you can agree to disagree. You don't have Absolutely. to come to agreement. I can I can agree to disagree yeah. with you. You can do the same to me, but it can all be done civilly. It doesn't Absolutely. have to yeah. be angry and and bitter because that that doesn't solve anything in the long run. I also think when he when he kind of brought it to another example, it diffused it because then they could say, "Yeah, we don't want to be like that." You know, what I mean, he right. brought it to look. This is this is how this could look when we get to the nationals, and that's not going to help anybody. And then it was like, "Whoa!" They got quiet. All right, we've got three minutes left in this interview, so I want you to talk more about your new book because when we air the show, your new book may be out, and want to talk a little bit more about it. And then, how can people find you, Anne? And um, and a little bit about that, please. We got two minutes now, so go ahead. Actually, we have great. Go ahead. We have about great. So the new book is Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews, and it's a short, to the point book that provides helpful advice on how to be successful in your interviews by avoiding behaviors that you may not realize that you do that can get in your way and cause somebody to judge you inappropriately. Okay. When they're and, how do we, for, and how do we find you? Because we're, we have less time than I thought. How do we find sure, you? Sure, sure. Um, the book is available on Amazon.com, and you can find me at vision-accomplished.com. Okay. All right. And people can write to you as well? Yes, they can. All right. And it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. You know, really, folks, um, if you're looking for wonderful ways to communicate better with your soft skills in interviews and also in, in your life, please take a look at this book by Ann Corley Baum, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, and the new book on interviews as well. All right. Thanks so much, Ann. Stay on the line for a minute. Thank you so much. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Find me on Facebook. You can like me, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. You can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com, and be on my newsletter list so you can see all the wonderful guests. And also, if you're interested in doing your own podcast program, I help people put together their own great programs. So again, until next time, have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.